Our guest today is Cuban Jewish director and actor Margot Susi. She has directed the new short film The Sperm Bank, a comedic short based on the true story and writer and star Rob Skirbo. Margot's other short films include the absurd comedy Super Real, Super Grounded, which follows a struggling artist stuck in a terrible audition, and her other short, Birds, Bees, and Threes, which played at the Austin Film Festival. As an actor, Margot can be seen in the Hulu feature Clock, and you can also see her in FX's Better Things, Netflix's Dear White People, Apple TV's Central Park, and Disney's Olaf's Frozen Adventure. Rob Skirbo is an actor, writer, director, and the one who got cancer. He is a house performer at UCB Theater in LA, and recently he co-created and starred in the web series Dino Portals and has a four-film anthology series on the way to premiere this summer. So ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome the talented director and actor Margot Susi and Rob Skirbo and their short film The Sperm Bank to the show. Well, Thanks for well, having us. Well, very welcome. Now, I I uh, I enjoyed this film. Um, it's a very up and down roller coaster emotional ride from laughter to possibly tears for sure. But Margo, where in the world did you first learn about Rob's story? Well, we have a very dear friend in common and she had mentioned this story to me um, and just how how awful it was, but also how funny it is that the second after Rob was diagnosed with cancer, he was told to go jack off, uh, not something you hear every day. Um, and I just was like, I, I'm glad that he's good and better, uh, but also that's kind of really funny. Um, and she told me that they had written a script already. And I was like, I need to read this immediately um, and did and loved it, um, written by Rob Skirbo and Jeremy Colhane. And we just met and immediately we just ran off uh, to the races together. Well, you know, it sounds like it sounds like when people are sitting around and dreaming up titles of movies and trying to write it, you know, out in the open. And then somebody says in a meeting, hey, how about a film about cancer and masturbating to a hopeful future? And then it happens. Yeah, <laughs> basically, except I had never heard that in a room before. So all of a sudden I was like, well, this is also a story that's never been told. Um, so how lucky are we to do that? Well, Rob, for you, what was your reaction to actually getting the news that you had testicular cancer? I mean, I'm, you know, of course, I think it was pretty shocking. Um, I was like dealing, I was living in LA dealing with a lot of like back pain. Uh, I think testicular cancer, the majority of the time you're dealing with like some kind of mass or you have, there's a, it's usually pretty clear if you have it or you should be checking yourself. But for me, it was just back pain. So, um, Hearing the news was was shocking, but also kind of a relief to fi a relief to figure out what actually was going on with me at the now, time. Was it was it self contained or had it spread? It had spread, so it metastasized. Yeah, it was, um, you know, started in my lower abdomen and then worked its way up to like some areas in my lungs, and uh, so it was like technically stage three C right before stage four. Which, if like people that are listening or watching that, like Lance Armstrong had stage four because his was in his brain and some spotting on his lungs as well. So it ended up becoming stage four, just from where all the spotting, the tumors were, but, uh, you know, it can get a little uh, complicated at that point. 
Well, <clears throat> when you talk to the doctor, I mean, did you bring up the question, um, is this treatable? Yeah, right away. I mean, it's a little silly right away. Like the first thing I said, I, first I was like, when can I, I, I found out in Phoenix back where I grew up with my family. So the first thing I asked is I was like, when can I go back to Los Angeles? And they were like, whoa, 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 well, you know, let's take, take it slow here. And then we found out that testicular cancer, you know, is, you know, very treatable. I mean, I think the uh, cure rate is around uh, 97%. Um, it's just that in my case, where some of the tumors were located, as we found out down, down the road, it made, uh, um, made things more difficult. But that was what I was told right away. At the beginning, it was 97%. Well, during the process of treatment, is this when you actually started writing the script? Um, no, not at all. You know, I'm I'm a huge fan of movies, of course. You know, I'm, that's why I'm I'm here in Los Angeles uh, to write and act. But uh, I think for me, I uh, yeah, I was definitely just kind of going through it, missing my friends. I really wasn't thinking about writing too much. It wasn't until I started talking with the other uh, writer, Jeremy Colhane, on the phone and there'd be moments where I'd tell him stories kind of like this one about this short film where we would laugh and I would kind of clock in my mind. I'm like, you know, it is pretty interesting. If things go my way and I can get out of this, I definitely want to put it down in paper, you know? Well, you know, I was, as I was watching the film and uh, putting all the information together for the interview, uh, kind of dawned on me, uh, were you trying, you know, during the ordeal, were you trying to find humor? in it some way or believing for a happy ending <laughs> pun intended yeah i mean yeah i think yeah i think that's naturally i'm a pretty goofy guy so it was kind of hard for me to uh i'm always been a people pleaser so even when i was going through the rough of it i, I still was trying to entertain everybody around me i know I, even though i was sick i still love some external validation i can't help myself <laughs> you know <laughs> well you know the beginning of the film had me laughing but there was a definite um uh, really a you know a definite line between comedy and drama in this film the sperm bank so margot when directing the film how did you find the balance between the two well first i want to say that i'm incredibly lucky that rob has access to both so easily because to go from a jack-off scene immediately into a scene where he's breaking down is, is no small feat and not a lot of actors can do that. So props to him first and foremost. Um, but I think that Rob and I just really had a, a really honest, direct communication the entire time. I trusted him. I think he trusted me um, <laughs> to be like, okay, we can we can put this to the side now, you know, cause the, the humor is like, what a blast that is. And everyone's like stifling laughter on set. And that's kind of like the best feeling in the world, but really having a moment where we're like, okay, everybody let's like, we have to settle down now. And we saved our, that scene that you're talking about. It was the last thing we shot um, over those three, three days. So at that point we're like, all right, this is, this is it. Let's like, let it all out. There's no wrong choice here. Um, and let's let it be a bit cathartic. So well, you, your direction, you know, your direction really nailed each character. I mean, Rob's goofy <laughs> friends who seem oblivious to the seriousness of Rob's cancer diagnosis, or maybe just using humor to hide behind their concern. Then there was the nurse who was just wanting to move from one patient to the <laughs> next. 
which I found kind of funny, but that's real. Uh, I mean, her attitude is she sees this every day. So for you and maybe even Rob, you know, what was the casting process like? Well, Rob knew uh, that he was going to be playing himself. So that was, thank God, easiest, you know, biggest role cast and done for. Um, And Jeremy Colhane, who we were saying before, who's one of the writers and creators, plays one of the friends. So we knew that. So we knew, okay, so we have these two people. We know them as actors. Who can balance them out and who can add something different. Um, that's where the other actor, Mon, comes in and he's just a genius. And and we really wanted to make sure that, um, I feel like Rob is young and this story is showing what it's like to have cancer when you're also coming of age just as a human being. So I think we were able to find this really talented group of young actors to to deal with it, which is why I think some of the, you know, the, the friends have trouble with it. You know, you're used to hearing about somebody older than you, your parents, your grandparents, your aunts, your uncles, your teachers having cancer. Um, it's not often that you hear a contemporary have one, um, have that diagnosis. So I think yeah. that helped. Yeah. And it's, and it's, you know, it's rougher, you know, <clears throat> when we know that it's a, a young person that is dealing with cancer, because the whole point is we're looking at them like, you know, they have their whole future ahead of them. And then here comes this massive question mark and you know especially in that scene that you were talking about the dialogue and this this actually actually goes for both of you the dialogue between pre-treatment rob and then rob the cancer patient dealing with cancer is a very lonely journey which you alluded to in the film um especially during the dialogue so rob for you how many times during your cancer treatment did you actually have these types of conversations all the time, you know, I think I, I'm lucky enough to be around a family and friends who some of them are artists, but also some of them are just willing to listen and talk things through. And I think, I don't know, I mean, I was 25 years old, 24 years old, so super young to be kind of having these thoughts about life. And, uh, you know, I think it is very lonely. And I, I grew up having tons of friends. I was very lucky. So this was one of the more lonely moments of my you know, life, even though everybody was with me, it was, it's kind of your thing to do, you know, by yourself. And, you know, there was a silver lining in that as well, that, you know, you kind of have to like dig deep into yourself, you know, every day, uh, you know, you, not that you can't rely on people, your friends are there to be there for you, but you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's your life. So, you know, it, it was, it was, I had a lot of really tough conversations, you know, definitely with my mom, but I was lucky enough to have friends with me as along the way to kind of work out some of the ups and downs. You know, there was a lot of bad days, but definitely looking back on it, uh, some meaningful conversations with friends and family. You know, Margo, for you, um, was this a very difficult scene to direct? Because he's playing um, both parts. Yeah, well, you know, we thank God we have other actors there who who stood in um, for him. So he wasn't just acting by himself, thank God. Um, I, this is one of my favorite scenes to direct. I think humor, humor is really fun and that's great. But I, as an actor myself, I, I consider myself uh, an, an actor's director. So talking to Rob and being able to try to, you know, get that, emotion out of him is kind of is my favorite 
is my favorite part because at the end of the day it was like okay yes there's a set of 50 people who we love and who care about this but like i kind of needed to like you know black them out and just be like okay it's just me and rob here um and i'm just so lucky that he trusted me to to help tell his story because it's a beautiful one um and he he killed that scene and and rob for you i mean here you are playing both both sides of the coin here um was it difficult to change your demeanor for that scene you know Margot really did it, it's felt like that should have been it was a hard scene but i don't know Margot made it very easy and i also had jeremy playing opposite of me as a stand-in you know my other writer and to have like uh it felt like family right there so for me it was actually kind of a relief to go to the cancer the the, the the future rob because he's lighter i think he has been through it and he um had a lightness about him that he he has seen some stuff and realized that maybe he's not that he understands the meaning of life but he understands a little bit more about life than the rob that we're seeing at the beginning of the film so i think playing you know the present day rob was was difficult because he you know that that was a hard place to be it was so confusing and i think margo really brought that out of me in a really in a wonderful way but then going into cancer rob was definitely a delight because there's a lightness and energy about him that i think was um refreshing and he he got to say a lot of the things i know i got to talk to myself in that moment and kind of remind it was cool i felt like i could go i was going back in time and talking to myself a bit well that's what okay I, yeah because that's what i was going to ask you because when you when y'all did the filming for this you were already because you were cancer free when you filmed it but mm -hmm. to film that scene you know i could see where you know the serious rob the the, the cancer patient rob where you're you're really able to pour out probably things you weren't that you didn't really say to other people that were around you, but here you are be able to bring forth, you know, what has been held deep inside you forward for everybody to hear. Because when I saw that scene, I'm like, you know, a lot of cancer patients have these questions. They have these conversations. I've talked to people who have gone through cancer and they have, you know, these conversations with themselves. Some of them, could be hopeful and some of them are not hopeful but again it was it is one it is the most beautiful scene in this comedy and um stellar job stellar job appreciate it appreciate it you know but i have to, i want to bring something up because i i thought this was really funny because i actually watched the film a couple of times just to really get into it because I, so you're I very intimate with Rob now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're best buds. We're family yeah. now. I mean, yeah, we're on a first name basis now too. <laughs> yeah, um, and you know, first of all, the the story is yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is as true as you could get. This it really a true true to life short film. Uh, it's funny. It's drama. It's serious. Um, I th it reaches everybody. This is this is a film that has a very broad reach where, you know, we see short films that are very niche, very narrow in their focus. But this one reaches every person in the population. I mean, what what do you hope? 
for either one of you, what do you hope that the viewer will receive from this film? Rob, you take that first. Yeah, it's a great story. question. I think, I, I think that, uh, you know, for me, um, the goal always was, you know, when we're trying to make films or make any kind of art, we're trying to relate to people. And uh, even in comedy, you're, you know, it's not funny unless everyone kind of feels like they can relate to it. And I think pain is very relative, you know? I think cancer doesn't feel relative to a lot of people, especially in movies and TV, because it's very depressing and can feel a bit taboo if you've never been around someone like that or have gone through it. But pain is relative and feeling trapped in a hole and feeling lost and feeling like you'll never get out. I think everybody can feel that, whether that's the worst breakup you've ever been in. If you're 15 and you're in a, you got broken up with and you feel like your life's never going to get better or, you know, you're experiencing family issues, you're in a toxic situation. There's a lot of relative feelings of feeling trapped in and in pain. And I think for me, the, the message is that you will get out and you will have people around you and, you know, uh, and you got to dig deep in yourself and that, but you will come out on the other side. You know, being in a hole is the best place to be because that's where you can put your roots down and grow. And that's a little cheesy, but that's just where I hope people hope people can walk away with that feeling that it's going to be okay. What about you, Margo? Oh, well, I mean, I, I love that, uh, being in a hole. It's where roots, uh, beautiful, Rob. Um, I'm somebody who deals with a lot of my darker emotions through comedy. It's the thing that... Um, the way that my brain processes and there are times where you know I, i've often have felt shame that i'm like oh i'm i is this the correct response to this and um i think doing this film especially as somebody you know who's who's a friend of, of rob's and um watching somebody else go through something like this i think it's giving permission that it's okay to process however you need to I, I think that like life is really hard. We just had a global pandemic. We we have you know diagnoses and and tragedies every day that can like knock you off your feet. And if you can live with the grief and the trauma of it all and learn how to like have that in the front seat alongside with humor, then you're going to be okay. You both can exist, and neither are wrong. So, however you want to deal with it is beautiful. Yeah. I think, you know, I had to, as Rob was, was talking and as you, I was thinking about what films that, that have been out there where they bring cancer into the storyline, but it doesn't end well. Um, the first one that popped in my head, I think was beaches, but I really hate that film. Um, (laughs) um, for more <laughs> more reasons than one, but uh, you know, it's kind of one of those films you one and done. You know, I'm not there sure. to cry every single time, so it's kind of like watching The Notebook. Yeah, once is enough. Um, <laughs> Speak for uh, yourself. Probably for guys. For probably for guys. <laughs> you know, but then I got to thinking. I said, "Wait a minute, what funny movie introduced cancer into its storyline?" And I think it was Steel Magnolias. Mm. Yeah. And um, because you you have all this all star cast and everybody's funny, there's people throwing one liners around, but then there's that towards the end. But what I loved about the sperm bank was the fact that when you get to the end, I actually felt a sense of hope, and not Good. like 
uh, Rob's not going to make it because they, because of the kind of the funny, well, kind of funny, haha, kind of funny, not haha, was I had to email the public and I go, did Rob make it? <laughs> <laughs> and then I got, wait yeah. a minute. You know, then as I was doing some extra research, I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> we're good. And, uh, but even not knowing when I saw the end, I was like, there's some hope here in this film. It's not completely said. Yeah. There's a lot of funny stuff in this movie. And, and when it comes to the short, short films, and let me ask you this, um, for you, Margo, how many minutes did you actually film over three days to get this edited down into the short that you wanted? Oh God. I would have to ask our brilliant, brilliant editor, Michael Scotty Jr. Uh, we would not have been able to do this without him. Um, he's a genius and, um, He's incredible. I would have to ask him the, the sheer amount. Um, it was a lot. It was, mm-hmm. it, it was, it was a, a lot. I, I would, I really, I have no idea, but it was three days yeah. that we have, there was a lot of stuff that we loved that was left on the, you know, the cutting room floor. So, um, yeah, well, a lot for- more that you haven't seen. Well, okay. For a lot of people who may not completely understand the uh, live action short film category. Uh, What is the maximum amount of minutes for a short film? That's, that's an excellent question. I don't think anybody's, I don't think there's a hard rule. I think it's like anything under 30 minutes is considered short, a short form. Um, Anything over that gets into like episodic or feature length. Um, Ours coming in at 14, I think, honestly might be even a little bit at the like kind of just like right at the medium it's like not mm-hmm. too long it's it might be a little bit longer than some some others um but we shot 12 hours a day for three days and we have 14 minutes to show for it um so know, and see this is what the beauty and the magic of a short film is I, i've watched some short films that they were nine minutes long and i'm like nine minutes but the artistry of putting a story together and telling it in its complete form in nine minutes is remarkable really hard. yeah and then it's so hard yeah then i've seen somewhere they're like you said you know they're 12 14 i think the longest short film i've ever seen was probably 24 minutes and 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 when i got sent the screener i looked down and i went oh it's 24 like i almost treated it like it was gonna be a two-hour film (laughs) because you're used to 10 11 12 minutes you know but but no it's you know a lot of people you know but a lot of people ask me that well what's the maximum of a short film i never really even knew but i pretty much understood that it was probably gonna be less than half an hour and yeah and that's what i love about the short film is because i for you does it, uh, it really kind of what uh, really fine tunes your skills as a director more than doing a feature? Oh, I mean, po- possibly I haven't, I haven't done a feature, so mm-hmm. I'll come back after I do one and I'll probably say I was lying now, but, um, <laughs> the sheer, the, sh- the sheer amount of locations that we had to shoot in because of the way that the, um, 
three of the stories, you know, three different montages we have in the film. It is an insane amount of places to do. Uh, shout out to our production design team, Grace Henson, and, and our producers, Angela Giotana and Grace and uh, Probst, because they were able to create, um, we just shot in so many places. And we were, you know, <laughs> running Oh, that's right. Now, yeah, you have... Here. You have the beach, you have the the nightclub, the bar, the the, the various yeah. doctor office shots. Yeah. Um, my gosh. You know, that's one thing I didn't know. I didn't even count the different scenes. And you're right, because a lot of them were the flashbacks yeah. of every character and and how you played that. I mean, how did you actually direct each one of those? Because you know, let's say you have, um, I think, the girl the girl that was, I guess, in Rob's apartment. She's looking at the DVDs. Sure. And you had to film her, what, like three times because she you needed the you needed her uh, reaction from the beginning. Sure. In the middle yeah, well, and at the end. And the end, you know, um, I mean, all of our cast is so talented, thank God. Um, but we actually, I think we, that whole shot might've been like, we have 15 minutes of like material of hers because, you know, there, we had a lot of improvers on set too. So, you know, we would get what we needed, what was written. And then we'd kind of be like, all right, fun take, here we go. Like, let's throw something out here. And, you know, having the writers on set as well is, you know, is such a dream because they can give alt lines. Um, and then we would just be like, okay, pause. We got that one then I would be like, okay, now we need this, uh, this part. And it wasn't just Rob who could jump back and forth. It was like all of these actors had to be able to jump into all these different scenes in a very short amount of time before my producer was like gonna yell at me because we're over and we need to move on to the next thing. Um, so I'm just grateful for my cast, really. Well, Rob, did you stand by Margot the whole time when she's directing all the other cast? You know, I stood there. I definitely was on a bit of vocal rest. Uh, uh, it's actually interesting. I like nearly lost my voice at the beginning of the shoot. So I was uh, maybe a dream for anybody on set that the EP loses their voice and can't say anything. But no, uh, we had um, Jeremy, the other writer, and then we had uh, a friend of mine, Mike Christian, and we had uh, people there who are I, well, y'all trust and Margot trusts that are very funny and also very into movies as well, who were able to be there as well to pitch things. So we had it covered. I think we sometimes, all of our friends, we have a lot of people who are willing to pitch ideas, <laughs> you know? Well, you know, it's like telling people to go Robin Williams on camera and just let, you know, let it flow and see, see what sticks. And sometimes you end up with uh, a better improv than you do script. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. Uh, sometimes, and I'm, I, I'd be curious to actually like read the script, Rob. Maybe we should do that at one point. Like, look at the actual thing that was written versus what we ended up with. I'd be, I'd be curious about that. Um, but everybody yeah. was game to play everyone. Like, even our, our DP Jack Sherman, he'd be like, you know, we get what we needed, and he'd be like, Hey, Margo, like, what about this? And I'd be like, Let's try it. Do we have time? Let's do it before we're told we don't. You know. Um, <laughs> so yeah. it was, it was just super collaborative. It was cool. well. I, at the end of the film, I don't want to give it away, but was that a playful money shot? If you know what I mean? <laughs> I didn't think so until you said it. And then I was like, it's so funny. Cause I'm like, Margo is so Margo is sneaky, has sneaky, dirty comedy and will 
I'm like, Margo was secretly planning that, but no, I, I don't think that was <laughs> intended, but you know what? It's I'm talking about the, the outdoor bench scene. Yeah. No, I know yes, what you're talking yes, we about. Know. We I think, know. I think my mom asked me, she's like, is that what I'm supposed to think it is? And I was like, I was like, I didn't even know what she meant. And I'm like, oh yeah, I guess that is. I mean, if you see it, then it's probably intentional then yes, somewhere. That was, we, we absolutely meant to do that. I actually that that's exactly what I thought. So your your mother and I have that's the great. same mind. <laughs> we are family. We're family. I knew it. When I when I saw the scene and and I was like, that's brilliant. I I started laughing because I'm like, you couldn't ended the film any better than that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's it just it, it it just really just kind of sealed the deal at the end. But and it was so funny because the way that scene ended, that's when I was just like, "There's hope. He's gonna make it," mm -hmm. and uh, and 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 I think it just worked out. So if you weren't actually going for that meaning, but that's what everybody else sees in it, then it works. Appreciate it exactly. I mean, so, this is supposed to be the first the first thing that happens right after the diagnosis, right? Like this is just like. The 14 minutes after we got years to go right so yeah yeah Definitely. now for both of you what does it feel like to be selected to be appearing at the tribeca film festival it's the coolest thing that's ever happened <laughs> it's the coolest thing i mean what more could you want for a short film i mean short films are beautiful but it's it's uh to have everybody recognized and for all their hard work, Margot and our whole team, it's a, in a story like this that I think hopefully some people will see. I, I, for me, it's just, I'm happy for everybody. We put in a lot of, lot of work and a festival like this really helps um, showcase and reward everybody for that. It just, it's going to be a beautiful experience. So I'm very happy. Now, now has the film been shown at other festivals before Tribeca? No, we uh, we had to pass on to quite uh, quite a few others to uh, world premiere at Tribeca, but we knew that um, wanted is such an honor because it was like eight thousand films, short films were submitted. Um, yeah. It's just a sh and I'm sure so many of them are beautiful and incredible, and um, it's an honor. And for me, I think exactly what Rob was saying. It's, it's, you know, I'm so excited for our team, but it's also, I'm really excited that the story resonated with people, you know, because sometimes here we are creating art in this bubble or, um, and you just, you, you care about it and you think it's good and you think it's has meaning. So, so to have them see that and recognize that is, is really, um, reassuring. And then hopefully everybody who watches it feels the same. I think they will. And I, I think the best message for this film, and it's probably cliche after all of these years, but still laughter is the best medicine. Yeah. Oh yeah. Did I mean, you, that'll did, never, it'll, it'll always be, a, that'll always be true. I think forever, you know? Well, well, Rob, during the, during the treatment, uh, uh, during your cancer treatment, did you find ways to keep laughing? All the time. I mean, I'm all the time. I mean, I can't help it. I have very funny friends. Uh, that's why I'm funny. And my, uh, because they're funny and uh, always finding humor and everything. I mean, when you go through a crazy experience, even if it's really bad, you usually end up kind of laughing about it with a friend after, you know, you're just like, that was crazy. So um, yeah, always finding it.
Well, what would it mean to both of you to become Oscar qualified? Uh, what if I was like, meh? No, I mean, it would be, it would be incredible. I think that, um, that, I mean, that would, that would be amazing. I, I'm just excited for people to see it for the first time. So I think I'm only going like one step in front of the other. And yeah. I, I, would, I hear that a lot. What about you, Rob? It would make, uh, it would make my dad feel better about me dropping out of college, I think. I think. <laughs> I think he'd finally. I think he'd finally come around to this whole uh, acting thing. If I think he, I think that's all it's going to take is just me to get an Oscar. So if the Oscars are listening, just give it to me so my dad will embrace my career. Well, you know, it's funny because you, this is the first film festival that you actually submitted this film to, and to get selected is. It has to be a shock to both of you as well as your whole team. As, as many of the young film directors that I talk to, most of them never see it coming. You know, they it's almost like, yeah, okay, we're going to submit. And then you get selected. You're like, whoa, what just happened? And uh, it's a wonderful film. And from what I saw at the Oscars this past year yeah. and the film that won, you got a really good chance. Well, from your lips, hey. from, from your yes. lips. Uh, hey, seriously. for us. Yes. I the whole and world to manifest. I, I've seen a lot of stellar short films, but with what I've seen this year, and of course the one that won the Oscar this year, absolutely 100% deserved it. I was actually cheering them on. And then when I saw your film, I'm like, mm-hmm. They got a really good chance here. So, uh, Matt, for both of you, what can we what can we all expect to see from both of you next? Um, well, I Robbie, you go first. Are you sure? Are you sure? I totally cut yes. you off. You were in the no, flow. You. Okay, here we go. You, go. Well, it's kind of connected. Margot and I are connected. We have a short that you already mentioned, uh, super real, super grounded, that Margot directed that I wrote with her, or I wrote with my. Uh, with my writing partner, Mike Christian. And we have, I have four short films that we're going to be releasing some to festivals, maybe some online in late June after Tribeca and Margot directed uh, one of them. And uh, it's, it's wonderful. So I'm excited for everyone to see that. And what about you, Margot? What's next? Uh, well, exactly what Rob said. Um, super excited for the super grounded, super real one. Um, and I'm also uh, in post-production with another short film, um, that I shot a couple months ago um, with actually our producer on this, Angela Giratana, and uh, the incredible Kate Burton. Somehow we, she said yes, um, and really excited about that one. And that's also about um, somebody with disordered eating. And but we also use humor in it because that's that's kind of what it's about. So uh, super excited for that as well. See, I, I, you know, I think this year's crops of short films are some of the best. And I love the fact that a lot of the subject matter that a lot of the writers, a lot of the directors have really started to tackle topics that have been overlooked for years. And, you know, I just recently saw one where, you know, the, it's, it's, it's part comedy, part drama, where 
there's it's the dating scene, but someone who's disabled. And mm-hmm. who would who in their who in the world would have ever thought of tackling that type of topic and to bring it forth so that way all of us can understand, you know, what people with disabilities go through in the areas of the dating scene. But in this case, you added humor and cancer in the same sentence and a stellar job to both of you for this incredible short film, The Sperm Bank. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I can tell you this, this film actually has a happy ending and yes, pun intended. So (laughs) keep that in mind. And uh, please, all of you watching and listening, go to TribecaFilm.com. And if you can't attend the screenings in person, which begin June the 10th, also June 12th and the 17th for the Sperm Bank. But if you can't attend in person at Tribeca Film Festival, you can watch the Sperm Bank online at TribecaFilm.com. All of the online viewings for all of these wonderful short films start June 19th through July the 2nd. But you have to make sure that you sign up at the website at TribecaFilm.com. Thank you, Margot and Rob, for honoring us with your time and sharing this wonderful, funny, dramatic film, The Sperm (laughs) Bank. And uh, much success to you at the Tribeca Film Festival. Thank you. Thanks for having us. You're a delight. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. (laughs) Hey, thank you. And and Rob, I've now seen way too much of you. And uh, so we're best buds for life, I guess. That's right. We're family. Like I said, family for life now. There you go. You have no choice. (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen, again, check out the sperm bank at TribecaFilm.com. I want to thank all of you for watching the Ward Bond show and catch the replay of the TV interview with Margot and Rob about the sperm bank on our YouTube channel at Bond on Cinema. And as for me, I'll see you next time.